Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behavior, sleep, and more. Motherhood is an experience full of contradictions. In just one moment, you can feel joy, pain, anger, and delight. Bringing a child into the world can be empowering, but being restricted because you're now a mother can make you feel powerless. Kemi Nekvapil is a life coach and author. Her latest book is called Power, A Woman's Guide to Living and Leading Without Apology. And I thought she'd be a good person to celebrate with this International Women's Day. Happy International Women's Day, Kemi, and welcome to Feed, Play, Love. Thank you so much for having me, Siobhan, and happy International Women's Day to you too. Thank you. When we talk about power, I think I only really realised the limits of my power when I became a mother because I hadn't realised how much taking on a caring role would restrict my ability to move forward with my career or have a secure financial status. But then I am white, I'm middle class, and and I'm a woman with a university education. When did you first experience a sense of powerlessness as a woman of colour? So as a young black girl, born in England, but raised in the 1970s to white families. I had five primary carers growing up and I spent the holidays with my birth mother as well. Um, It was very, very clear to me from a very young age, either from what I witnessed or what I was told, that I had no power, that I was powerless. Those words were not used, obviously, but what I noticed was that I was the only person that looked like me and people that looked like me were not accepted and did not belong. And so my experience as a child and as a teenager, and I would even say, you know, as a woman, even in my mid-20s, that I... I was very clear of who I needed to be and how I needed to be and to stand in my power and own that was not one of those things. That was considered as a threat to other people and for me a threat to me because it might mean that I did not have a sense of belonging and we all want to belong. How did you find your way to owning that power that you'd been denied for so long? I am still on my way, as I think we all are. I think there's something, I'm now 47, and there is definitely something that happens when we hit our 40s, and and it should happen. You know, this kind of midlife reckoning, it can be called a midlife crisis, because for some it is a crisis, but also the midlife reckoning, or the midlife reawakening, that we get to a certain point in our life. And I think that motherhood as well births this for a lot of women, also not wanting to be a mother birth this for a lot of women because anytime we step out of the status quo we are in a way stepping into our power I would hate to give the impression that this book says to women you will read this book and you will feel powerful forever not at all what I hope this book gives to women is we will step in and out of our power in many different ways I know what it feels like to be powerless as a mother especially when there are so many contradicting messages that come at us around what a good mother is. And so I was very clear when I became a mum of what being in my power was going to be for me as a mum. Probably it's a good time now to ask you, 
what is your definition of power? Because it's, it's not necessarily the same as what other people might typically think of power. No, I, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to write this book. I think that as women, we have opportunities now that we didn't have before. And so I wanted to redefine power. And I'll share with you the Oxford Dictionary definition of power. Power is the ability or capacity to do something in a particular way. And when we look at that verbal definition, it means that we all have power. And yet, Many of us, especially women, and then those of us that live with intersectionalities, whether that's race, whether that's disability, whatever that is, we then have experienced forms of power that don't make us feel powerful, that make us feel disempowered and powerless. So what I have done is taken the word power and broken it into an acronym, which is presence, ownership, wisdom, equality, and responsibility. And that definition of power definitely relates to motherhood. One of the things I have experienced as a mum is that it does involve almost an endless kind of giving of one's time, our emotions, our resources. And it's often done with love and understanding of what we're giving and we want to give it. But how do we make sure? we don't give away too much? Mm, great question. Two things that come to mind for me. One is that I, I actually ended up, I, you know, I'm from England. I met my husband in Thailand. He's Australian. And we lived with his parents in Canberra. And I had two home births with both of my children. So we were there for three and a half years. And I remember my mother-in-law saying to me, oh, you know, when the baby comes, then I'll, I'll take him. We knew he was going to be a boy. I, I will take him, you know, every single day so that you can have a shower. And I remember literally scoffing at her, like, <laughs> I'm a 27-year-old woman. I've got my own job. I have my own flat in London. I'm a Don't worry, I'll be good. And then I remember having the child and literally handing this child to my mother-in-law, saying, please take this baby. Please take this baby. And, you know, it's not until you're in it that we realise how much it takes from us. And what I decided to do, well, there were a few things that I was very conscious of. One thing that was gifted to me was that I was in a multi-generational house and I understand that not every mother is, but I also come from African heritage and that's where the proverb comes, it takes a village to raise a child. I asked for a lot of help, but it wasn't so much about the external help. It was also me being present to the fact that my role as a mother was to be present to my children when I was with them but I did not have to be and that I did not have the capacity to be everything to them. And if I set myself up with that bar, I was going to fail again and again and again. So that was one of the most powerful things I did in terms of what I could give and what I was happy to not give to my children. The other thing that was really powerful for me was that I chose to only be with mothers that were willing to tell the truth about the light and the shadow of motherhood that allowed me to share the times that were really, really tough and share the delightful moments. Moving on from that early phase that you were just describing there, if you take time off to care for your children and then you're moving out of a full-time caring role back into work, that can be a time where it's really difficult to step into that sense of self-worth 
to be confident, to feel that power that you described earlier, how can women find that sense of power in that moment when they're moving or transitioning between what can feel like two very different worlds? Mm -hmm. The first thing that comes to mind is be incredibly kind to yourself. And I think in the same way that when we're carrying our children, we have all these expectations of, oh, we're going to do this. And when the baby comes, we'll do this. And I'm a knitter. I love craft. And I would make sure that I would knit at least one row of knitting every night. That was my sense of I am my own independent person and I'm going to do something that can actually be measured as a form of progress because when you're at home <laughs> with young children, it doesn't necessarily, every day is the same. My husband would come home and say, how was your day? And I was like, the children are alive. Like, I don't really know what else to say. <laughs> um, you know, and I'm going to knit one row of knitting and, and I think that's a good day. Um, but in that transition between being at home with children and moving into the workforce, whatever that is, or even if you're setting up your own business, the biggest, most powerful gift we can give to ourselves is kindness and to lower our expectations of ourselves and everyone else and know that different chapters of parenting look different. And although they can feel long when they are in them, when we are in them, I now have a 16-year-old and an 18-year-old. And what they need from me as a parent is very different from what they needed from me. And I think sometimes when we're in it, especially in those challenging chapters, we forget that it does change. And in that change, we get to step into our power in new and different ways. You mentioned your two kids. I'm wondering, did you teach them this vision of power and how to embody it? No, I didn't teach them. I have lived it and am living it. And for me, the ultimate form of power is this idea of, like I said, with the acronym, is being present. I would always say to my children, if they would come to talk to me and I was in the middle of a task because I started up business from home, I would say to them, I am never going to pretend that I'm listening to you. And I want to give you my full attention. So I need 10 minutes or 30 minutes or three minutes, whatever it was, so that I could finish my task, which was me saying to them, this task that I have here in my work, in my business is as important as you. And I want to be present to my task and I want to be present to you. So this is what is needed in this moment. In terms of ownership, I have always owned my, actually, I haven't always, I have learned to own my feelings and I have shown my children that feelings are okay, that we are emotional beings and that we don't need to hide our sadness or our anger or our despair or our joy or our successes. In terms of wisdom, I as a mother chose, it's not relevant for everyone, but I chose not to teach them stranger danger because the statistics show that the people that are more likely to harm our children are the people that we invite into our homes, not the person we meet on the tram. And I love having conversations with random strangers. So I would I teach my children to trust their intuition. When it comes to equality, I have taught my children that who they are is what brings value to the world, not their doing, but their being. And finally, when it comes to responsibility, that my children have a sense of agency in their lives and they witness that in the way that I have stepped into agency in my life. I think so often as parents, we think we have to tell our children and yet they are picking up what we show them all the time. So as a, a parent of children who are still quite small and 
really wanting to believe the role modeling thing does work. <laughs> have you have you seen that kind of learning in how they are as young adults today? It's interesting actually. I have raised a young person who is a devout feminist and activist. And <laughs> that can be a challenge. Yeah. That can, oh my goodness, I would not have raised them any other way. And my youngest child now identifies as well as non-binary. I would not have raised them in any other way. But that has sometimes been a challenge to parent. And actually, my mother-in-law made me laugh one day. She said to me, you raise, you're a feminist, you raise a feminist, and, and this is what it looks like. And this is what it feels <laughs> like. Um, and I've also raised a boy who has an emotional life that he is not ashamed of, that he doesn't need to hide. He has witnessed a father that has an emotional life, that hasn't hidden that, that has stepped into a different form of what masculinity can be and that is needed for this 21st century. And so, you know, we have done our work as individuals, my husband and I, to look at what are our biases around gender. And we, you know, never called our youngest a good girl when they identified as a girl. Um, we noticed that when we spoke to other people's children that we had certain gendered language and we got rid of that language and that only came from us being present that we were raised within a society that says this is a boy this is a girl this is what they do this is what they don't do and so i think as parents we have the opportunity to continually doing to continually do work that opens up our internal biases around you know what a good child is and where we link what our child achieves to our own value and worth in the world. You know, parenting can be an opportunity to break down and explore some of these stories that we've been told and some of these stories that we perpetuate. Kemi, I am so excited I got to speak to you for International Women's Day. Thank you so much for your insight and your time and, of course, this marvellous book. Thank you. Thank you so much, Yvonne. And, you know, the final message is that we need to trust our wisdom as parents. We'll make mistakes all the time. That is fine. Our children don't need us to be perfect. They just want us to be present and to love them. That's Kemi Nekvapil. She is the author of Power, A Woman's Guide to Living and Leading Without Apology. And you'll find links to the book in the notes of this episode. I'm Siobhan Hunt. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us so we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, send your email to feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time. <music>